Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Multiplex Loves Movies. This is episode number 24. We've got lots of fun stuff to talk about. Much controversy. Very multiplex. Here we are. Okay, so uh, first, back to the show. It's our regular uh, female protagonist, Maggie Bracala. How are you today? <laughs> I am. I am good. Thank you. <laughs> You are the regular female face of the space. How does that feel? That's true. Uh, it's very quite sad, actually. <laughs> All right. And also a recurring member of the show, Cody Newberry. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. I just love that. Uh, it. I feel like this time, because you both are never like side by side, I just wandered on to, like the Maggie and Tim talk show, and I don't like you guys to dig into my past and tell me where I failed as a child. So it's going to be a fun time. <laughs> okay. And then also returning to the show, Caleb Boatman, how are you? Uh, I'm very good to be on Multiplex Loves Movies. Characters welcome. <laughs> yes yes absolutely all right guys if you've never seen the show before uh we are the uh premier internet movie news show <laughs> and so uh what we do is we talk about movie news that's what we do every week uh and we always start with the box office and that's exactly what we're going to do here today break down the uh weekend that was movies at the box office. So coming in at number one this weekend, repeating from last week was Bad Boys for Life coming in at number one with 34 million. Coming in at number two is 1917 again at number two with 15.9 million. Coming in at three again, Doolittle with 12.1 million. And then Newcomer the Gentleman in at number four with 10.6. And Jumanji running, uh, rounding out the top five with 7.7 million um right under the top five is other newcomer the turning with 6.9 million so uh boatman i'll start with you anything interesting about the box office that you see here honestly i just kind of love the failure that is doolittle and what i love about it is it's an historic failure in a sense that if you go back to 1967 i want to say it was uh, they tried to make uh, a Dr. Doolittle musical with Rex Harrison, and it was one of the most expensive movies that ever failed of all time. And this kind of felt like they were hearkening back to like that style of Dr. Doolittle movie, and then it failed again. So history literally repeated itself, and I love that. Um, I, so that's kind of the, the main takeaway from the box office. 1917, very good movie, so that's still doing well, kind of. You know, uh, getting advantage that there's not much competition there. So those are really the only two things I have to say about that. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's pretty awesome that 1917 continues to do well. It's also great that Bad Boys made another, another 34 because I do genuinely think uh, Bad Boys for Life was a pretty darn good movie. And so for it to make another 34, that's awesome. Um in the chat, Stargers asking, will it stay at number one until Birds of Prey? Probably. Uh, next week, uh, there are a couple new movies that we will uh, talk about um, coming soon. Uh, nothing that great until Birds of Prey comes out. Uh, so we'll get to that. But yeah, I think Bad Boys has the potential to stay up at number one. But Maggie, I'll go to you next. Box office. Is there anything big here on the list that you noticed? 
Um, well, this might calling Doolittle fossil failure. I like how it made more than the gentleman um, in its second week and gentleman's opening week. Also, the fact that Jumanji is still in the top five for some reason. Um, that's definitely interesting. And again, um, like we sort of touched on last week, Parasite continuing to do better as it expands into more theaters for the Oscars, which I think is cool. Yeah, and it's also out on Blu-ray now, too, so it's definitely just going to keep hitting more eyes as it goes on. I think Cody had to step away for a moment, but um, let's touch on The Gentleman, actually, for a second, because... Mm -hmm. Oh, no, Cody's here. Cody, uh, The Gentleman, I'm going to pose the question to you. Um, did you see the movie? And if not, like, it's, a guy, it's another Guy Ritchie disappointment, I think, um, financially, at least. Uh, what do you, do you think this kind of is like we got to stop letting this guy make movies or what do we what do we think what, what do you take away from the gentleman not doing so well no i wouldn't say like like what maggie said like it made more it made more money than um than the gentleman that was supposed to happen technically because i don't think anybody expected big numbers from the gentleman most people didn't even know what the gentleman was doolittle is an family made movie um, I don't think he should stop making movies. Um, I think he should just stop like accepting movies. Like it's getting a like or like agreeing to direct certain types of movies. Like if it comes out in January, most likely it's not a good movie. So like Well he wrote this movie. Right. This I is mean, his original project. Okay, well on top of that, then I mean I don't think he because Aladdin of the remakes, I would say Aladdin is it's fine. Yeah, I would um, on a re like on rewatch. It's not like I would never watch it over the ninety, but I would I would consider it to be a lot better than most. Like um, I don't maybe more towards British comedy and stuff. Like I know this was supposed to be like that mob mentality of that, but like I think he's a good director. I just think he's in that rough part of his career like doesn't know what to make and doesn't like is losing inspiration so it's kind of a back and forth situation i don't know i think he's a fine director i just don't think he's picking or creating the best work possible for him i think he's struggling because matthew vaughn is kind of doing the guy Ritchie movie better than he is That's, a little bit yeah like that British kind of action quick speed like matthew vaughn movies feel very much like guy Ritchie movies I don't disagree with you. I think that's very true right now. And I think it, it also like he, he does so much different stuff, his style. Like you can't really like, I don't know, at least for me, like I can't narrow down like how I'm supposed to feel about him. Cause all of his movies feel so drastically different mm -hmm. to me. Um, it's a, it's a weird phenomenon. Uh, the, uh, the guy Richie, but let's move on to the next topic. Um, and that is going to be talking about Fast and Furious 9, or as it was revealed today, uh, F9 is the title. Is that really going to be the whole title? It's on the poster. It says F9. That's, That's it. just ridiculous. Well, it F9, the Fast Saga. Uh, Jesus. Is, is what it says as the title. F9, me. the Fast Saga. So, um... I the, the teaser it, did we all watch the teaser? It was a minute long. Did you guys watch it? No. Okay. So here's basically what it is. Maggie and I watched it. It's literally just a minute 
of um, him with like his son who was revealed to have been born in the eighth one. Um, and that's like it. And then like Letty is there and she gives him a necklace and is like, this will protect you. And then that's it. That's all it is. And the full trailer is coming up Friday, but this teaser, like what, what more can we do? What more can we do with this franchise? And so here's the question I kind of want to pose and talk about. Um, would we rather keep seeing these movies or Hobbs and Shaw? Because for me, Hobbs and Shaw was a friggin' blast. Like I loved Hobbs and Shaw and I actually liked Furious uh, 5, 6, 7, 8 is where it kind of started to get a little oofta oofta. Uh, but what do we think? Cody, I'll start with you. What do you want to see out of Fast 9? Or would you rather just end it all and <laughs> keep going with Hobbs and Shaw? I would rather end everything. Like, stop. Like, I don't find them good. Like, I, I rewatched Hobbs and Shaw. That movie is way too long. It has good characters. Like, you put The Rock and even Jason Statham as a side character, it's going to be an okay time. But at the same time, we've, we have literally milked this cow to death. Like, I don't care about cars. I don't care about over-the-top action. Like, these movies are, like, made for a Brian Michaels. And, like, that's fine. I know people that will absolutely love these movies and go out and watch them all. As somebody that rewatched them this past year... I literally couldn't stand over 70% of these movies. Like they're, they're not original by any means. Vin Diesel is a terrible actor, an awful actor. Like I, he's fine as group because he says three words. Um, Tyrese Gibson, not good. Ludacris, not good. The story is not good. The, the eighth one, I, I made it through 45 minutes and turned it off. Like, and they're out of ideas. They've done it. They've done a giant. Uh, they they've done a giant uh, strip like uh, aircraft carrier that they drive down. He, Vin Diesel stomps a, a ground and makes it crack and makes Jason safe and fall through. Like they're superheroes. Like when did they go from fixing cars to being superheroes? Like the movie just makes no sense. I do not want to see this movie. I won't watch this movie. I'll be honest with you. It could be the best one of the series, and I wouldn't probably go see it because. I'm just over it. Family, fam, this family needs to die. Just being honest with you. The entire family, this needs to be like the Mendias funeral. Fast nine, the funeral. And everyone is dead. Everyone. Fast nine, the funeral. That'd be Call awesome. Oh my yeah. God. Um, okay, so both. Too fast, too dead. Let's go. I already, I already know how Maggie feels about this, and it's very similar to what Cody thinks. So I'm going to go to you next. Because I have no idea your relationship with this franchise. Have you seen the movies? Do you care about them? Like, Okay, first things first, I just want to say F9 is not a movie title. It is a com command on the computer. <laughs> you press F9, that is a button. That is not a movie title. Um, Tim, I, I'd like to think that we've gotten to know each other pretty well. I feel like you've gotten to know me pretty well. And you should know. These movies are not made for me whatsoever. Uh, yeah. I don't need two hours of car explosions um, ever. Uh, but that's what these movies are. Some people like them, and that's fine. I thought five 
was okay. I stopped watching after five, but five is the only one that was like, okay, they made it a heist movie, but with cars. That's fine, because I like heist movies, and The Rock is okay. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I don't care about these movies. Um, if you want to keep them going forever, like, that's fine. It's kind of like The Simpsons. I'm not going to keep watching, but if it just wants to go on until the end of time, who cares? Like, really, that's just my response. I don't, I, I could not care less about this franchise. And what it wants to do, I'm just happy it's gone from fandom, so I don't actually have to watch them anymore. That is uh, very true. Um, Maggie, I'm going to pose this question to you. So, <laughs> Fast and Furious 9 is coming out in theaters May 22nd. That's only five months away. Um, so I know you're not excited to see it, but you probably will. So I'm going to ask you this instead. If you go to IMDb less than a year after the release of Fast 9 on April 2nd, 2021, we're apparently getting Fast 10. <laughs> How do you feel about this? <laughs> This undermines Cody's plan of F9, the funeral. <laughs> it does. It does a lot. I think seriously, they need to let it die, especially because The Rock isn't going to come back. Like, I feel like they made that really clear that he's not interested in being in a movie with Vin Diesel. So, And he was definitely something that gave life to some of these movies. And I feel like Jason Statham probably maybe will make, like, a cameo, but, like, he won't, like, because he's going to be doing something with The Rock. And, like, I'm so sick of this. Like, I don't know who these people are. Well, I do know who these people are that keep wanting to see these movies. But they are just terrible. Like, they are not good, ever. And I don't think any of them are good. Five is probably the closest to being good. Um, And I just, I really, yeah, I don't know what sort of, like, things that they can do. Like, in the teaser at the end, she's like, this is going to protect you from what's coming. What the fuck is coming? You've been attacked by the U.S. military, by, like, terrorists. Like, there is nothing left for you. Like, I don't understand why this is happening. And I wish it would stop. And honestly, I don't want any more Haas and Shaw movies. I know they're going to make another one. And I'm sure they're going to try to make other spinoffs as well. I feel like they announced them, but I can't remember what it was. But I do not want any of this. And I, like I said before, when we watched the teaser, like, it was the final ride, like, three movies ago. Why why are these still happening? Like, please stop. Please. What if uh, they face well, zombies? That would be so dumb. Because their whole thing is, like, doing crazy shit, but yet trying to make it be, like, realistic. But that's, like, not possible. Not possible. Are you trying um, to tell me that they can't drive on an aircraft carrier that's 37 miles long let me let me pose this to you guys so nope. here's here's some of the confirmed cast of fast Ooh. nine charlie theron is returning i don't care john john cena is gonna be in this next I one i don't care john Colin, riley no john cena john oh. cena you moron that's yeah, not as exciting i'd rather john c riley Helen Mirren is returning. Michael care. Rooker joins the cast. And Justin Lin is returning to direct. And he, he did make probably the best stretch of movies. He he did uh four, five, and six. I think he did all he also did three as well. But he did do 
four, five, and six, which are arguably the best of the franchise. He is returning for this one. Cody, hey, does that give you any listen, any hope? Uh, Rocky's original director director returned for Rocky Five. It's true. Let me tell you, that didn't help. Made it worse. So guess what? He should have stayed gone. He should have. But why? Like you're naming off these actors. Of course they're going to join this. Because guess what? This movie's going to make a billion dollars, and people right. want money. And the only reason they're going with F9, I've decided, because I think Ben Diesel's name is going to be bigger than the title because that name <laughs> ego is the size of Texas. Like I, I'm. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. No, none of this cast. I feel bad for them. It's like the cast to do little. Like everybody showed up for that movie because they want Corvettes and they don't want to pay for it themselves. So they'll do a voiceover work. That's these guys. Helen Mirren wants a Jaguar. And she's just not going to go into her bank account. She's just going to do Fast 9. Helen Mirren has an Oscar. And, and now she's, she's been in behind the wheel Listen. of Pontiac. That and means not. She was in collateral. She was in collateral beauty. She has no. She doesn't have standards. She really doesn't. She she needs to get her grandkids their island. She how is she going to pay for her grandkids' island except by doing this terrible movie? That's accurate. All right, uh, we've I think milked this as far as we can go. Let's move on. To and the look, next we're one. recognizing that we should end it. Yikes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this this next topic, Maggie is actually very well read up on, and I, I I as far as I'm aware, she's she's the one who actually told me about it. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, so uh, there's this whole thing. What, what's it called, Maggie? Coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's shutting down movie theaters in China. So Maggie, again. You know a lot about this because you told me about it. Did this thing originated in China, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So there were uh, there were actually a few Chinese movies that were supposed to come out in the U.S. over the last couple of weeks that have just been canceled completely. The theaters in China are shutting down. Uh, the Shanghai Disneyland has shut down. This is a big deal. Um, it has to do with the movie industry, so I figured we should talk about it. Um, I'll start with you, Maggie. Yeah. What do you think this does? Like, it, is this the right call? Shut down the theaters? Um, is this a thing that is going to hurt the industry? Like, what do you think? What's your take? Well, so it was interesting when I was reading that Screen Rant article, it was talking about how, the, you know, this past weekend was Chinese New Year. So it was basically like the equivalent of like Thanksgiving weekend here in the U.S. And they had a ton of blockbusters that were supposed to come out and they just shut them all down. Um, I think I understand how that could hurt the industry in, in the sense that they're not getting as much money. But I'm sure that the movies will come out eventually. Um, but I think it's definitely the right call and setting the right precedent that if something serious is happening, that you take steps to prevent disease outbreak like this. Like, I think that it's definitely the right call. Um, I'm honestly surprised that they made that call. It makes me nervous because that means that the virus is that serious in China. Um, but I think that it was definitely the right thing to do, especially because it was going to be such a big weekend and there were going to be so many people in tight, closed spaces. You don't want that if you're trying to prevent disease outbreak. And in terms of Disneyland, that's also like a big deal. Like they're going to lose a lot of money doing that, but it probably is for the best to prevent, um, disease from spreading. So. Yeah. Um, Boatman, what about you? What's your take? Um, yeah, I, 
it'll be kind of interesting to see how this affects the market. Because if I'm not mistaken, China only allows like, I think it's like 12 U.S. movies to be shown. Like at least 12 foreign movies to be shown in theaters there. So that that might have an interesting effect because like per year, I mean. So like, you know, do they kind of allow them to double up because of this? Like it, it'll be kind of interesting to see just the effect that this has on the box office uh, once, you know, things are eventually allowed to kind of get moving again because this is kind of a big deal box office wise because this is where you know china's the second biggest market uh as movie and hollywood and box office so this should be very interesting okay interesting um cody what about you what's your take kind of scary kind of weird like um to be honest with you um i watched a certain movie um that kind of started like not this but in the apes franchise uh that uh freaks me out just a little bit um so i mean i mean it seems like a big infection like happened like the last few years or something like everybody was terrified a couple years ago of ebola Mm -hmm. and like oh we're all gonna die like i'm just i'm just hoping they find something or figure it out or quarantine it well enough that you know everybody can go back to normal life but yeah uh i mean I guess the movies is the least thing of their worries right now, to be honest with you. Like, uh, just hope everybody in that situation, you know, gets better. Best thing I could say. I don't know. Yeah. It's freaky. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. It's it's uh, it's a weird situation. Um, it's definitely like Boatman said with the market. It's the second biggest market. It's going to be weird to see what happens with um, the box office but at the same time it is just about you know lives if there if this is what can protect them then great do it um i'm all for that so awesome let's move on to the next thing we've got a couple mcu stories here to hit um so the first one off the bat is going to be um we actually got a little bit of uh, a few images showing off some of the eternals and the Eternals costumes. This is the next film after Black Widow, which comes out in May uh, in the MCU, and it's going to be obviously a new property. We might see some new or might see some old characters pop up. Who knows? Uh, because apparently this movie is taking over the taking place over quite uh, an extended period of time. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, we got some looks at some costumes, and apparently this is going to be the most sci-fi Marvel movie yet uh says kumail nanjiani who is in the film um i'll go to boatman first on this one um does this excite you do you like do you want to see like a big sci-fi epic sprawling craziness from the mcu or are you more interested in like the black widow type stuff they're doing you see i'm all for the mcu going just completely all in with different genres. That's when I think the MCU shines the most is when they try to do something completely different and they get a filmmaker who's very good at that genre and just kind of say, okay, you do what you want. You make your own movie of this genre inside our Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm actually really excited for this. I think uh, when the MCU goes for a different direction, they actually go all in and don't just kind of do the thing where they say, oh, it's a horror movie, kind of, but then it's just Doctor Strange. Like, I 
I, I want them to go all in with the sci-fi. If they're really going all in, I'm going to be very excited because it'll be something different from the MCU. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Maggie, did you have a chance to look at like the costumes and stuff? Does this interest you at all? Like this big sci-fi thing? I know you really like Thor Ragnarok, so yeah. Um, I did not see the costumes, and honestly, like I'm not gonna lie. I don't care. Like, I'm going to see the movie and I'm probably going to like it. So no matter what people tell me about it before it comes out, I don't really care. Um, I would like to see this be different than Thor Ragnarok and different than Guardians of the Galaxy and sort of get into its own thing. And I, it sounds like it's going to do that just based on the cast and um, the fact that it's going to be taking place over a long period of time. But I don't really care what anyone tells me about it because it's going to be what it's going to be and it will probably be great. So, All right. Cody, what about you? Eternals, in or out? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of at this point I can't be out. I've already invested. Like, yeah, in a poker term, I'm pot committed. I've already got enough money out there in this. I can't really back out now. I mean, if you're going to back out of the MCU, this would honestly be the perfect time. Like, in game happened. You technically don't have to see anything else, and you'll be good. You got your completed saga, and you're you're good to go. Um, I I just hate when they come out with this stuff and says this is the most sci-fi movie ever because it's that's. I'm with Boatman. They they already came out and said that uh, Doctor Strange is going to be horror. And then Feige's like, <laughs> wait, it's going to have horror elements. Like, let's calm ourselves. And now that director said peace. So, mm -hmm. like, they're playing inside a sandbox that is very protected at this point and very, like, if you're going to come direct or you're going to come play, you have to follow the rules of the of the sandbox the MCU has kind of created. Um, and that's what makes me worried about this movie. But I was, I, I mean, I guess now we can say this is the biggest risk the MCU has ever taken because Guardians was that way. And I Guardians is my favorite MCU movie. So I'm excited, but I hope they lean fully into it. I don't want them to play safe. I want them to go like full because like me and like Boatman and like everybody, we're already invested. We've seen all these movies. Why not take a shot? Why not go really crazy? Why don't go balls to the wall and make something like you haven't seen before? Push the limits of what the MCU can actually do and do it. Because you have like a fantastic cast with this. And and I think honestly, besides Guardians 2, I think their best is when they are in space. I think that's literally when the MCU is probably at its best for me. Because I love Guardians. I love Thor Ragnarok. Like give me more space adventures and I think I'm going to dig it a lot more. So I hope so. I hope it's the most sci-fi. I hope it's the most like bizarre one out there because it would give us something new to talk about then. Oh, that character was good and that villain died at the end. So I would like something different. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay. Let's keep on the MCU train. Um, this next story is actually about Captain Marvel. So kind of space related um, at the end of, Captain Marvel 1, spoilers if you haven't seen it, she kind of goes out, do her own thing, help some people, help some scrolls and whatnot. Um, if you've seen Endgame and Far From Home, there's also implications of what we could see next with Captain Marvel. Well, there's a couple things about Captain Marvel that were released. And the first thing is that apparently Captain Marvel 2 will take place in the present day. 
in the uh, present Marvel timeline. I'm assuming that means post Endgame, um, around the same time that Spider-Man: Far From Home is taking place. So uh, that's an interesting thing. That's not really what I would have wanted to see a Captain Marvel two <laughs> look like. Um, the other thing is that the movie's also lost its directors. They're not bringing back uh, Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, which I think is honestly whatever. I think the direction of that movie is kind of it's whatever. It, it, it's nothing super extraordinary that got me pumped uh, for Captain Marvel from the directing. So, uh, Cody, I'll actually go back to you right away on this. Um are you okay with Captain Marvel 2 being present day? And who would you want to see kind of come in and take over as director on this one? Um, director, uh, that's a tough one. Uh, personally, present day doesn't bug me. I mean, I kind of see it like I would like to see something different, but like you can go with a lot of different elements. But present day not on Earth would be great. Like, I hope that's where they're leaning, like, present day, like, helping somebody else out. Um, I don't know to do, like, space-oriented. I would – I mean, he's already been instilled on the other one, so it can't. But, like, I think Taiko Atidu is the perfect, like, guy for the MCU. Um, I don't know. Honestly – I watching rewatching Captain Marvel. I like Captain Marvel a lot. I just think Brie Larson is blah in the role. Like, and I know that's the character that they set her up to be. Like, I think that she's just supposed to be that hard ass that doesn't like give a lot of emotion over. But I think she's such a talented actress. I think she's. I just want to see her like with a little bit more. So maybe a director that can bring that out, like like Patty Jenkins, I think would be kind of cool. Because I think Patty Jenkins, you know, I know that's the, I know that's the, haha, obvious choice because she did Wonder Woman, but I think she's very talented and like I thought Gal Gadot, honestly, before that movie, doesn't share a lot of emotions or whatever, and she was actually very likable, had comedic timing, stuff like that. So I think pairing her with somebody that actually, know, you know, it'd be cool. I don't know, director's a difficult thing. You just basically you have to play, like I said, inside the sandbox. So if you don't, they'll like go into the direction they're going, I don't think they're going to use you. So if somebody gets that will bend to Feige's will, whoever that is. Yeah. Um, for me, if I'm looking at, like I said, for present day, like if it's in space, like Cody said, great. If she's off doing something on another planet, doing some scroll stuff or whatever. Awesome. Um, as far as directors, the one that kind of first came to mind for me, which we've never seen this director do anything like this, um, but actually Albert has a great suggestion too. I got to wait to see Mulan, but already in the Disney family, that's not a bad idea. I was actually thinking of Lulu Wong, Farewell. Um, I think from what I hear, she's not super interested in joining the big franchise yet i think from what i understand from seeing a couple of her interviews about the farewell she's still trying to like find her director voice uh but i think she'd be great tackling something like this um that would be my pick uh maggie we'll go to you next what do you think um yeah i agree with you lulu long was actually what i was thinking because of that interview we watched with her she's all like yeah they talked to me about joining the mcu um I really yeah, don't care that these other directors are leaving. Um, I think that it, 
I am actually glad that they're putting it post Endgame because we're already going to have Black Widow, which is going to be pre Endgame, and sure. um, I think that really putting anything pre Endgame at this point, except for something like the Eternals, is pointless because we know what's going to happen, and so I don't really appreciate that unless you can really come up with a good story of her like outdoing whatever she was doing in those five years but again that really did involve at, at least it seemed um the existing avengers so i'm not sure that there's really a point to doing something with that um i don't really know anything about captain marvel stories or where it's gonna go but um i agree that i hope that brie larson can step it up in this next movie and that they give more for her to do because she was really bland um in the last movie um but yeah i mean i'm just excited to see what happens and i hope that it is a step up from the second one uh boatman do you did you like the first captain marvel did you or did you think she was bland or what it, what it, what did you think about the movie i think the movie itself in my opinion was bland i i'm not of the opinion that she was my pitch what i would have loved for the captain marvel movie is i wish it would have been like a buddy cop style movie like nick fury is like you know this renegade cop and he's kind of forced to partner up with captain marvel and it's like a buddy cop style movie from the 90s taking place in the 90s i think that kind of would have been fun uh to see uh but that's not the movie we got and you know the movie we got was fine i I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. It was just kind of there. Um, I do want to say that Ryan Fleck and Anna Bowden, I don't think were the right choice to direct that movie at all. They have directed uh, a movie that I really enjoyed, Mississippi Grind. It's fantastic. Ryan Reynolds, Ben Mendelsohn, really underrated. Um, but I, I think trying to pull from like the kind of that indie pool I'm not sure how good of an idea it is because like Ryan Fleck and Bowden, they're good at like drama. They're very good at drama, but I'm not sure they're right for these big budget Hollywood blockbusters, you know? Uh, and I'm kind of on the same camp with Greta Gerwig and Lulu Wang, you know, I kind of want them to be able to do their own movies and not really have to kind of be forced to kind of bend to Feige's will as Cody mm -hmm. said. One person who I don't think wants to come back and work with the MCU again, but I think someone who can uh, direct these kind of space MCU movies and also is very good at dealing with strong female characters and writing for strong female characters, it's Joss Whedon. I wish Joss Whedon would come back and do Captain Marvel. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Firefly, he's good at that type of like space adventure. I, I think he would actually be very good for that. But he's not coming back because he's been burned too many times. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I think that's actually a great call. Um, he would be great. I don't think that um, he would. <laughs> I don't think he is after after Age of Ultron, and then especially after going and cleaning up Justice League, and then you know having well cleaning up Justice League and having um, everything that he dealt with at Warner Brothers. I don't. I don't think he has uh, any yeah. interest in uh, being a part of the MCU or any big franchise anytime soon. Um, I don't know what Robert's referring to. I mean, I know he's referring to your comment, but I mean, you kind of have to a little bit. You got the, the Feigs is in charge, and uh, he he makes the calls. Um, I mean, they have a blueprint that they have to meet, and if you want to do something like totally off the can, he's not going to allow that to go to print. Like, there's no way. Like, it has to go in line. So it's 
pretty much bending to his will. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next subject. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. So the Disney has reported two movies moving forward officially. Um, officially, we are moving forward with a Robert Zemeckis remake uh, live action of Pinocchio. That's happening. It looks like that is in the clear. Um, we talked about it months ago when it was first reported on this show, so I don't think we need to go super in-depth on that. But the other thing that is reportedly in the works is a Bambi remake a la the lion king and the jungle book using that technology it has not been said if john favreau would direct this movie but the idea would be that it is uh in the style of the jungle book and the lion king so uh this would be the oldest one that they would have tackled i think at this point because i think bambi's older than cinderella and the jungle book I think I think Pinocchio is the second. I think Pinocchio is older, but I think Bam Bambi's one of the older classics. So, um, Cody, I know you're going to have a lot to say, so I'm going to save you for a little bit. I'm going to start with Boatman on this one. Um, what do you think about? Oh, Dumbo. That's right. Dumbo is an older one too. So, um, what do you think about doing a Bambi remake with the CGI style of? the jungle book and the lion king i'm actually okay with it because i think that bambi the movie it's fine it is a fine movie it has some good elements but it's very meandering it's not very it just kind of is like oh here's a bunch of cute things and then and then oh no it's bad like it's it's not a great movie but it's a fine movie and I think that's the type of movie that Disney should be remaking. A movie that had good elements but wasn't very like well put together. And I'm okay with that because I think I actually like the Jungle Book remake. Uh, I think that is a movie yeah. that had some good elements but felt very meandering. And I think the remake worked really well. I didn't see the Lion King remake, but I assume that was bad because Lion King is actually a really well put together movie. So... Uh, I'm going to uh, say that this might actually be good, even if John Favreau is back uh, to directing. So I'm going to be okay. But the movie that Disney should remake is uh, Treasure, not Treasure Planet, Atlantis. Atlantis is the movie that they need to remake with all their passion. Um, Joe Harrison is saying that in the chat right now. It's on screen. Maggie, what do you think um, about Joe's comment? Should we stop remaking the classics? Should we go to the stuff that didn't do so well the first time around, like Black Cauldron, like Atlantis, like Treasure Planet, maybe a home on the range? Who knows? Uh, what do you think, Maggie? <laughs> I'll maybe get Roseanne Barr back. <laughs> um, I would love to see Bambi remade in the style of Jungle Book. I That does not bother me at all. I think that if they have the right person behind it, they can definitely make things happen. Um, I don't, I don't remember if it was you or Bowman that just said that, you know, making the older ones where like, they're not so good and you can like actually do things with them now is much more interesting <laughs> than the Lion King where it has a clearly fully developed story and like, it's fine on its own. And that's sort of how I feel about remaking Atlantis. And that's sort of how I feel about remaking Treasure Planet. Like, I think those movies are perfectly fine. And, um, I don't really want to see them remade because I'm afraid that they might get ruined at this point. Um, 
especially I think Treasure Planet would be stupid because we all know that that's not Treasure Planet, that's Treasure Island and Treasure Island's been remade 7 million times. So we don't need that. And um, so I'm all for Bambi, I'm all for Pinocchio. Black Cauldron would be interesting. I think that they'd have to get some big names behind it for it to be worth anything. Cause I don't think that story is all that interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm all for Bambi at least. That's where I'm at. Cody, should we take Albert's idea, do it the reverse, make an animated Pirates of the Caribbean movie, go backwards, <laughs> yes. do the live action to the uh, to the animated. Uh, but no, your your whole take on this, I know you have thoughts. Let's hear them. So thoughts like Disney is the studio of my childhood, of my adult years uh, that I fell in love with. Um, that made original or regardless adapted stories from other things and made them what they are today. These are cash grabs. These are stupid moves. Like Bambi is not a great movie. Now there's nothing you can really do to add to Bambi to make it good. It's a fine movie as it is, but I can just wait till we're in fucking 3D and I watch a bullet rip Bambi's mother's head right off. Like, imagine you're a Dia, a little Dia, and a fucking bullet. Like, that's what I picture. Like, I don't see where the Thumper, Flower, all those things are fine to bring in. But even Dumbo, I personally do not like Dumbo as a movie of the 40s. To try to bring that back, that was a failure. Like, the real. I, the studio makes their money because they see the, the name slapped on the screen. And that's what, oh, nostalgia. And you go to the theater and it makes a ton of money. So there's no argument of them not making it. But like they have so many good chances to make Disney live action movies. Make them. Like I don't want to see the same story that you're going to do. Change a few elements. Flap it on screen. And make everybody go ooh and ah over. Like the technology is cool. Don't get me wrong. I actually like Jungle Book. I think Jungle Book is a weak story that did they did well with. But there's nothing in Bambi. There was there was dynamic characters in Jungle Book. So like I, I don't I don't get it. Pinocchio will be creepy as hell in <laughs> live action form. So go ahead, make that fine, see what you do, but I, I just stop messing with stop being so cheap, Disney, and start putting out original stuff that you're that you built an entire studio on. The studio was made from your these classic works. Continue it on. You were on it. You're on a great path with your animated side. Get good directors. Mm-hmm. Make live actions that are not your classics that are bringing back. Like we have already reused the '90s pretty much up at this point. Like. You're, you're gonna run out of ground. I know you're trying to fund a streaming service right now, but like, please get off of it. Bambi's not the way to do it. I promise. What are we doing? Is Toy Story live action soon? Like, I'm over. Like, I'm over the the idea. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I think it's done. Would we rather? Like, I know we kind of alluded to this already, but would we rather? Would you, Cody, rather see something that is like? If they're going to do Bambi, like at least do it justice, do what they did in the movie. Or would you rather like completely change it up? Like they see, like it seems like what they're doing with Mulan, where they're just taking the names of the characters and the setting and just kind of like doing their own thing. Would you rather see that than The Lion King? 
Well, like here, here's my viewpoint. If you can't beat it, do something different. Like no way in hell were they ever going to beat the original Lion King because in people's eyes, Lion King is one of those untouchable animated films. So completely change it. Do something different. Don't make it a musical. Make something completely different if you want to do that. That's what they're doing with Mulan. They want to adapt it into a way that's like something totally different than what Mulan was. They're trying to make her an honest badass instead of a woman that still falls for a man that has to be like carried through the movie. Now she stands on her own and looks like she looks fucking fierce in that movie. So I'm excited for that. But Bambi, like I don't know where they go with Bambi to make it even more like that story's weak. That story's weak from the get-go. So like I don't know if you can even add more to it that make it that exciting because like her mom dies, she meets a skunk and a rabbit and like they, they go on an adventure. Like there's not sort of the secret life of pets. Like I don't, I don't need to see it in the woods. Like it's going to be a sad moment. When, I don't want to see, especially my, her mom die on screen. Like <laughs> that's the only way you can adapt it more. So I just think, I just think this is the wrong process. Die. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but the, you, you, I want, to, I want them to either like Atlantis would be on. Atlantis makes sense. This live action thing makes sense when there's a human element to it. Also, if not, it's just National Geographic. Like that's what the problem with the Lion King was. You just brought animals that look the same, singing songs. That's kind of creepy in that aspect. But like, if you do Atlantis, that's a cast. That's a full blown cast that like you could do so many cool things with. Like, this is the same studio, by the way, that brought us Pirates of the Caribbean that was based off a flipping Disney ride. Yeah. Like, you have that ability. Use your creators how they do it. Don't recycle scripts. Like, Well, so, I, think they're, yeah, I think they're afraid because, you know, like, they do something like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean that does great for its first couple movies, but then they milk it until it is fucking this last one, this Dead Men Tell No Tales bullshit. Or they do something like... Ooh, let's make this other movie into a or this other ride into a movie, and they you put out Tomorrowland, which is just kind of a meh movie. I think they're honestly afraid. Like, what was the last original movie, live action, that Disney did? Can anybody even well, think of it? What do you mean original? Like, because original Wrinkle in Time was based on a book. Not um, kind of in the Four Realms, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Ooh, the yeah, finest hour is yeah. a true story. Yeah, like I wish they would do more stuff like that. The Queen um, of Katwe, the chess one. Totally. Which one? The, the one about chess, Queen of Katwe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. And, and no they one saw it because they. Million, yeah, they had a run of like those like live action sports movies. Uh, but I would like. Harlem, USA. A million dollar arm. And then there, what else? There was the Odd Life of Timothy Green. Oh, that movie was garbage. <laughs> so did they, they do they... the terrible, horrible, no good, bad day? Yes, oh, they did. I Alexander, see. yeah, and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. What a classic! I saw that I saw movie that... twice. I saw that movie in the theater. Yeah, oof. Um, Dick Van Dyke talks about taking a dump in that movie. <laughs> uh, I don't remember <laughs> scene in that movie. Is classic <laughs> actor. Oh, how the mighty have fallen! I would, I would love to see though. Yeah, just like a adventure live action movie, an original script. Then put a hundred and fifty million dollars into it. You 
pilot with a good cast and a director, people will maybe come and see it. Well, who knows? Uh, but anyway, Tomorrowland plot. They tried to do that with Tomorrowland, and Tomorrowland didn't work. Yeah, out. Tomorrowland is garbage, though. And it's not good. It is not a good. Make a good movie, and then let's talk. Um, okay, so let's move on uh guys at the end of every show we do the same thing where we look ahead to the movies coming out next week i actually made a boo-boo in the original uh uh in the original doc and said that birds of prey was coming out next week it's not it's coming out in two weeks uh next week is uh some garbage it looks like i haven't seen these movies so i guess i can't really say but uh the first wide release coming out this weekend is a film called the rhythm section this stars uh uh jude law and i want to is it brie larson blake, blake, blake lively blake, blake lively, lively. Yeah. i was thinking of captain marvel earlier yeah um it seems to be some sort of my family was murdered i'm now an assassin i'm going to kill a bunch of people and jude law is there jude law always shows <laughs> up in these types of movies where he's yeah, just like, in the background like yes i will like train you and then he's going to turn out to be like some villain and there's going to be a bunch of shooting uh let's go around in a circle and say if we're interested at all maggie are you uh gonna buy this movie or you don't hell no no thanks Oh, uh, quickly, Malcolm actually reminded me. We're getting Jungle Cruise this summer, so we'll see how uh, we'll that's see how true. that does. That's based, that's, that that's based off if the you, ride. If you ride the ride, it's kind of funny. So they could go a lot of different directions. So I wouldn't hate that idea, especially with the Rock. I think I'm gonna give it at least a shot of mine. And Emily Blunt, right? Yes, oh, I think so. They like Disney likes her. She was Mary Poppins. She's never done any bad live actions. I don't know what we're referring to. Mary Poppins. Oh, you don't like that movie? Okay. All right. Cody, the rhythm section. Are you in or are you out? Uh, one, I thought this was a drumline sequel. It turned out it wasn't. I was kind of <laughs> disappointed. And I think Jude Law just reads every script. But when his agent comes with one of these movies, he's like, done, sign me up. Don't you want to read it? No, thank you. It's my role. I'm good. So I feel bad for his career. Boatman, what about you? Remember when Jude Law used to take interesting roles and actually be a good actor? Neither do I. <laughs> Remember his double door? Oh God! Oh, Poor guy. That that wasn't a dream. That actually happened. That actually happened. All right. So then, uh, the other live action or live action, Jesus. The other <laughs> new release in theaters this weekend is a uh, film called Gretel and Hansel, and this is a, I guess, a spooky movie about. Gretel and Hansel, Hansel and Gretel. Um, a girl and her young brother unwittingly stumble upon the house of an evil witch in the woods. It's a PG thirteen horror film. I've never seen it. It's gonna be awesome. Based on a property that is old as time. Uh, Boatman, are you flocking to see this immediately? Remember when they took Jeremy Renner and Gemma Arterton and put them in like full BDSM leather outfits yeah. and told them to be Hansel and Gretel? Remember that? That was a thing. That was stop a thing. Making, stop making Hansel and Gretel movies. It doesn't work. Remember that period in like the early 2010s when they tried to turn like every fairy tale into like a dark, gritty movie? Yeah. They did Kingsley. They had the Robin Hood, Red Riding Hood movie with Amanda Seyfried. Just stop. It didn't work for the early 2010s. It's not going to work in the early 2020s. Just stop. Yeah, I saw Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters opening night in 3D <laughs> on the Marcus Ultra screen at Marcus North Shore in Mequon, Wisconsin. And let me tell you, it ended, and me and my friend went, 
man, that was pretty rough. Let's go see another movie. And you know what we went in and saw? Movie 43. So uh, it's safe to say that was a great night. Cody, uh, are you in for Gretel and Hansel Horror Hunters? Last decade convinced me to go see a movie about Hansel and Gretel. I will not be tricked in 2020. (laughs) Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I will not step foot in that theater. No, thank you. (laughs) All right, Maggie, what about you? Yeah, no, thanks. Also coming up this weekend, not in wide release, but in uh, some theaters are the Oscar shorts, both uh, documentary, animated, and live action. So if you're interested in seeing um, Oscar shorts in the theater, they're coming to theaters. Check your local listings because I think it's uh, that's a great way for people to go and see those shorts. Um, I know all of the animated ones are on YouTube. I've already seen them, but if you're interested in seeing the docs or the live actions that aren't as easily accessible, go check them out. They're going to be in theaters. Uh, it's going to be great. So um, I'm very – wait, what, what, is, what is happening? <laughs> what is – We have breaking news. Whoa. What? Oh, I don't know what you what happened in there. But Lethal Weapon 5 is moving forward with the original what? cast and director. Why? All right, hang on. Because they need money. They're wheeling Richard Donner out of the <laughs> retirement home? I'm pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. Hang on. All right. So from Cinema Blend, around the time we started the show tonight, sounds like Lethal Weapon 5 is happening after all. I'm While the traditional. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. Um, let's see. There's a quote. So um, let's see here. This quote is from, um, if the this would load. Okay, so Richard Donner. Um, oh, no, producer Dan Lin has revealed Weapon 5 is on track. Uh, he said, we're trying to make the last Lethal Weapon movie. And <laughs> Dick Donner's coming back. The original cast is coming back. And it's just amazing. The story itself is very personal to him. Mel and Danny are ready to go. And it's about uh, the script. Does, is Joe Pesci back? Sign me up. Don't matter. <laughs> I hope they do the Irishman. Make it, let's go. Let's bring him back. Oh, I hope they fight somebody in a wheelchair. Like this is gonna be. I hope it sits in a nursing home. Like that would make this even better. I'm done. I'm ready. You know why this is announced? Because Bad Boys Three did well. Uh huh. One hundred percent. Why this is being announced is because Bad Boys Three did well, and they were like, "We can get some of that cheddar. Let's get in on that. Let's do this." Boatman, do you like Lethal Weapon? Does this excite you? Um. So Lethal Weapon is totally not, like, in my wheelhouse at all. And I still freaking love that movie. That's one of the best buddy cop movies ever made. The sequel is one of, like, the better action movie sequels. So, no, this movie isn't going to be good, but I'll probably go see it. Because why not? It's Lethal Weapon. Those movies are not the worst thing ever. What was the last time Richard Donner directed a film? Uh, 2006, 16 Blocks with Bruce Willis. Oof, I've seen that movie. Um, okay, so that's interesting. Um, I've we, We've got to end this show because I'm getting dirty messages <laughs> behind the scenes from a certain macaw 
making mean <laughs> jokes about me um, using pictures of my face. So uh, we're going to have to move on. But guys, thank you so much for watching this episode of Multiplex Loves Movies. Boatman, let's start with you. There's something exciting happening this weekend in the realm of Warzone, isn't there? You want to talk about that? There is. There's there's something going on. Oh, yeah, the free-for-all. The free-for-all is happening. That will be on the 1st of February, Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night is all right for fighting and all for the free-for-all. I'm sorry, that was a bad joke, but who cares? Um, it's going to be insane. It's going to be very fun. There are 30 competitors. Uh, this man over here, Cody Newberry, will be running the whole thing. Uh, watch it. It will be going live at 8 Eastern. Is that correct, Cody? Yeah, it's only it's two and a half hours. So yeah, eight Eastern. Okay, eight Eastern, seven Central is when that will be going live. Yeah. Um. Also going live this weekend, Friday night is the 2020 Multiplex Manager Bowl. So you're getting a bunch of fun trivia stuff this weekend. The Manager Bowl Friday night. Whoever wins that match uh, gets a faction for the rest of the year. So that's pretty exciting. But Cody, back over to you. What's happening uh, tomorrow on your list sucks. Yeah, uh, Yearless Sucks is best acting performances of the decade. Um, we've got uh, Caleb Coho. We've got Kurt, Kurt Kolakowski. We've got uh, Lucas Showbox making his first appearance, so he might make me look like the nicest guy in the room. And we've got Paulo Yama, and I swear to God, if he changes his list one more time, I will end that man. He will not get to play Roca, I promise you. All right. Um that list is going to be pretty short because the decade has only been a few weeks long. Oh, you're talking oh. about the 2010s. Oh, fucking kill me. Doolittle's number one. Johnny Jr., yeah, there you go. And then uh, Tom, uh, Tom, what's his name? Who plays Spider-Man? Like, Tom Holland is going to be number two as the dog for Doolittle. So there you go. Um, Maggie, where can the people on the internet find you? I am I am here doing this show every Tuesday. I'm also on the Twitters and the Letterboxd is this Twitter I think is May 24 Maggie and Letterboxd is May May 24, but you know, just search my last name because it's very unique and you will probably find me. Um all yeah. over Letterboxd. It's fantastic. So actually I didn't even watch the movie we watched today. I should do that. We watched Man of Steel. We did. Yep, it was uh, it was a treat. Um, but guys, yes, thank you so much for watching this show every Tuesday around this time, seven or eight EST, nine EST, somewhere around there. But then again, yes, check out the Manager Bowl Friday night, the free for all Saturday night. The season is kicking off this weekend, and uh, then we're back in full force. Nerdgasm is back. Um, Warzone, Phantom, everything is coming back in the next couple weeks here. So be on the lookout for all those new videos. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Until next time, have a good one.